NATO welcomes its 29th member today as Montenegro joins the alliance, and it joins amid an ongoing campaign by Moscow to destabilize the Balkans. Hello from our broadcast headquarters in Prague, and welcome to the Power Vertical Briefing, a weekly look ahead of stories we expect to make news this week. My name is Brian Whitmore, host of the Power Vertical Podcast here at RFRL, and joining me in the studio is RFRL's news editor, Steve Gutterman. Welcome, Steve. Thanks, Brian. So... So Montenegro is joining NATO today, and Russia did everything in its power to make the road as rocky as possible. Um, there was an alleged, there was of course that alleged coup attempt back in October that Podgorica says Moscow helped orchestrate. Uh, Miodrag Vukovic, a Montenegrin lawmaker, was detained at Moscow's Domodedovo airport last week as he was trying to change planes en route to Belarus. And we recently learned that Prime Minister Dusko Markovic, former Prime Minister Milo Yukanovic, and Parliamentary Speaker Ivan Brajevic are among scores of officials now banned from entering Russia, ostensibly uh, in retaliation for Montenegro joining Western sanctions over Crimea. But the timing when this came became public just shortly before Montenegro joined NATO was unmistakable. Um, Montenegro also joins NATO amid a campaign to by, by Moscow to stir up Trump tension in the Balkans, and it's it's getting increased attention in, in Macedonia, in Bosnia-Herzegovina. The Organized Crime and Corruption Reporting Project just released a new report on Russian meddling in Macedonia. Many analysts are raising alarm bells that the Balkans could become the next big battleground between Russia and the West. Steve, your thoughts as Montenegro joins, joins, joins NATO? Well, yeah, I think, I mean, it's, it's definitely a battleground. Um... I mean, one one more uh, element of the of the Russian kind of campaign in Montenegro that is somewhat amusing was um, these phone calls, prank calls mm-hmm. by the sort of Kremlin connected apparently pranksters who um, posed as Poroshenko and right. and, and called the um, Markovich and Jukanovich, I believe. Um, you know, so you've got kind of. All, all elements. No, they're pulling out all the stops um, from yeah. the, from the sinister to the ridiculous. I mean, and in this case, you know, it, it's it's obviously kind of too late uh, in terms of you know uh, Montenegro is, is joining NATO today. Um, so, I, and I and I think uh, you know I think they'll the Russia will see that see that as a failure. And you know, I, I think there's but it, but the fact that it is joining NATO and that other countries you know are also aiming to to join the EU, join NATO. I mean, I think that's only going to kind of make this uh, confrontation, kind of behind-the-scenes confrontation, sharper. Um, you know, Russia is not going to give up its efforts to uh, to affect what's going on in the region. And I think you know there are a couple elements behind that. There's you know the real sort of geopolitical interest in in having influence in the Balkans, mm-hmm. um, which you know I think the Kremlin sees as as part of its front yard, I guess, um, as Russia's front yard. And also, you know, I think there, there's there's still kind of an emotional uh, yeah, an emotional definitely. aspect for for Putin and for you know Lavrov and others in in Russia um, going back to the NATO, you know, bombing and and, and uh, of um, of Serbia, of, yeah. yeah, Serbia and former Yugoslavia in 1999. So, I, you know, I think that's a real you know it's something that the Russian officials bring up quite often, uh, and I think that it's a real you know that there is really an emotional factor. Um, I also think, I mean, to some degree, you know, there's sort of a disconnect between, I think, the hopes of people in the Balkans who who do want closer ties with Russia or, uh, you know, are kind of are pro-Russian uh, and, and tend to say that, you know, look at Russia as a savior, as far as I understand. Um, and the sort of actual, you know, I think Russia's doing things for, for emotional reasons, but also pragmatic reasons, um, but 
you know, there, it's never going to go in and, and sort of take over or, or, or really do as much as I think people who there who, who are pro-Russian or officials who are pro-Russian, you know, would want. It's, it's not going to mm-hmm. save them just because they're... Uh, There's also kind of a flip side to that, too. And I think Montenegro illustrates this very nicely. Montenegro was a country until very recently that was very favorably disposed towards Moscow. Right. Um, Moscow had relied on business ties to really cement these relations. Uh, but now Montenegro has been turned into a fierce critic, and it was it, it, it preceded the this the, these developments with Montenegro joining NATO and all the events we've seen over the past couple of weeks. I mean, Oleg Deripaska was very active in Montenegro, but in his factories there was there were there were major massive wage arrears, right. which was causing a lot of a, a bubbling up of anti anti Russian sentiment. So Montenegro kind of is joining France and Germany as countries that used to be favorably disposed towards Russia, that now are not, and Moscow's learning that these business ties aren't always all they're cracked up to be in terms of cementing the political relationship. I think that's one piece of this that, that, that we're learning. But we're also seeing, again, this, this campaign elsewhere in the Balkans, um, in Bosnia-Herzegovina, stirring up trouble in Republika Srpska, um, then usually through, through, through proxies in Serbia. Um, and a report just came out by the Organized Crime and Corruption Reporting Project about tr- trying Moscow stirring up trouble in Macedonia. Um, run out the operations run out of the embassy in Skopje um, and Belgrade, uh, run by the GRU, and 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 um, attempts to buy off journalists, um, attempts to recruit uh, current and former military uh, officials. Um, we'll see how this plays out. It's 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 um, all gone to, to the to the to the, the the former ruling party, the nationalist v, VMRO DPMNE, um, the former ruling nationalist group that recently was forced out of office. But we're seeing this there. But the other wild card here is Serbia. Because Serbia's playing its own game, actually. Yeah. Serbia's kind of playing... They're, they're playing the Russian side, but they're also playing the Western side. And this makes Moscow's jobs, if the goal is to destabilize, a little bit difficult because Serbia's not all in, are they? I mean, it doesn't. See, they don't seem to be. No, no, absolutely. But I, but I think Moscow sees Serbia as a place where, you know, there's there's still a chance to, to, to kind of turn aside, uh, you know, the movement towards, towards the EU. Um, yeah. So, you know, it's a complicated task um and then you also have the problems in Macedonia with with relations with Greece so that's mm. complicating Macedonia's you know efforts to to move towards the EU and join the EU so you know i think russia will be taking advantage will be trying to take advantage of these 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 things um, and these things suited it wants it wants kind of the chaos suits it i don't i think moscow would would be happy if this region didn't become Complete, completely pro Moscow. Just as long as there's enough chaos that the West doesn't get. Right. I mean, that's that. Yeah. Exactly. That's the idea. Sort of. I mean, ideally, they would want it to be pro Moscow. Right. But, but sort of as in Ukraine, you know, the ideal of what of of what Russia wants, you know, is not happening. So they're going to settle for settle for chaos. The yeah. chaos. Yeah. Yeah. With regard to Serbia, there seems to have been an interesting change of tactic with the Kremlin because previously I'd always assumed. That Moscow is okay with Serbia going into the EU. NATO is another matter, and that ain't happening. But into into the EU, um, where it could act as kind of a Trojan horse. But now Moscow seems to be coming increasingly hostile to the to, to even that scenario. Right. I, I, I thought the former scenario I thought was a, a kind of deviously clever um, and, and, and worried me a little bit. 
but Moscow seems to have abandoned that that tact. Any thoughts on that? I mean, it's just a guess, but it might have to do with maybe perceptions in Moscow that um, they miscalculated a little bit on some of the main EU countries, mm-hmm. you know, of how, how disposed they were toward, you know, and how unified they are. Yeah, you know, no, that's... look at France and Germany now, you know, to have Serbia in there, you know, it might not be as a... As effective, there's less sort of a, less of a ground for um, you know for for troublemaking. I guess. Yeah. No, that's that's as good an explanation of any. But I have I have seen this this shift. Well, we'll keep an eye on this going forward as Montenegro joins NATO formally today, Monday. Um, and on that note, we'll wrap it up. That's that's all we have time for today. You've been listening to the Power Vertical Briefing, a weekly look ahead at stories make, uh, making news this week in Russia. We do this every Monday, so be sure to tune in. I'm Brian Whitmore, host of the Power Vertical Podcast. Joining me in the studio has been RFRL's news editor, Steve Gutterman. Join us again next week. And now, as always, I leave you with the soothing sounds of Noise MC. 